0: All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name is Kurt Robinson. And here you have Aaron Battle. And
1: today we're going to briefly touch on a few STDs and how to how to
0: self-test. <laughs> wow, well, that's a way to introduce the show. All right. So we talk about a few experiences when we've gone into sexual health checks and had a little too intimate experience with the doctors. And we also talk about um, other problems with the medical industry in Australia and look at some of the possible economic factors which might be involved as to why these doctors are so shit.
1: Your local GP, he might not actually working for you. Giving you a few days sick leave might not be doing you any favours.
0: <laughs> or it might be doing you a whole a world of favour. Uh, and also we talk about some strange cases about sexual harassment in the Australian hospital industry, which is a big problem. And then we t- talk a little bit about alternative therapies that might be outside of the regular medical system.
1: I also go through a, a little story, an episode back in Adelaide, quite an expensive episode of falling out the back of a car. Yeah. Cool. It's interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Good one. Nice, well well done. Call the taxi, call an ambulance. Call uh, a limo. Yes, <laughs> should have done. Yep. Uh, press like on YouTube, press subscribe on YouTube, leave us a comment on YouTube. We love hearing your comments, your feedback, negative, positive, um, interesting, and just plain crazy. And then press like on Facebook, hover over the like button on our Facebook page and press get notifications. Because that means every time you have pictures of us trying to jump as high as the sky, uh, then they're going to come up on your newsfeed just like you wanted them to. And then you're going to go onto iTunes and press subscribe. Then you break out your Android phone and press subscribe on Pocket Cast as well. And then you're going to go to donate.theparadiseparadox.com We really appreciate all those donations that come in, even if it's just a a small one, just a few bits or a few dollars. Uh, We love it when you do that because that means to us that these ideas are valuable and we know that you are enjoying what we're doing. So it it really represents something huge to us. It represents that our ideas are giving something to the universe, something magical and unique. So uh, the other way, If you wanna support the show, no, very very little inconvenience to yourself and no cost. If you're gonna buy something from Amazon, go on our website, theparadiseparadox.com, you'll see the shop Amazon link at the top. And that means you can click on that. It's not gonna cost you any extra. You don't have to pay us anything for that privilege. And you don't have to run around your computer desk wearing nothing but your underwear like you lost a bet playing pool at the pub. What you do have to do is just buy what you were going to buy anyway, and that means that we're going to receive a small percentage of the commission, and we love you so much when you do that. We really appreciate that um, when you show your support for the show. So, let's get into it. talk about a few medical stories and things about the medical injury industry problems with the medical industry do you have some interesting stories to tell
1: oh where do i start medical <laughs> not my thing all right uh, well let, <laughs> okay. let's let's talk about doctors yeah okay. i mean doctors are, i mean that's kind of the the apex of of the, the medical world right
0: in the western medicine yeah and yeah. Nice
1: clarification. Okay, cool. <laughs> Western, um, me- what, what
0: do you call that? Mechanistic medicine.
1: Well, I, I think of, like, uh, let's say, Dr. House, Dr. <laughs> Nick Riviera. Who else is there? I got <laughs> Dr. Oz. I mean, I, I, I don't. Okay. I, Dr. I, I don't, Phil. I, Dr. Doct- He's not or, a doctor. <laughs> no, no, is <isn't>
0: he?
1: No. <laughs> is he allowed to have the name
0: doctor? Or is- it's just good advertising. He's, I, I believe his uh, his medical license or his uh, psychi- psychiatric psychiatric license was actually revoked, but he's still. Ooh,
1: that's a low blow. <laughs> he he maybe, kept, the,
0: kept the. Maybe train. he was just revealing too much truth, and the psychiatric industry didn't want to condone his his crazy actions. Or who knows?
1: <laughs> okay, no, I, I I didn't I didn't know. Um, he just, he, it just seems wrong to be able to carry that that doctor title yeah. if, if you're not yeah especially at that level it's like everybody
0: it's kind what, of in the open I mean, sight what, what does it mean to be a doctor though because that's just a, you're talking about recognition like a government license i don't think it makes you necessarily any less a doctor just because you're not licensed just because you don't have the appearance of legitimacy from a government uh, i think being a doctor is something else yeah it's not, it's not about it
1: I yeah. uh, I yeah, I completely agree with you, but um considering you know you're on television and, and most people that watch television mm. probably don't analyse that to mm. that detail, you know, maybe they're maybe they're gonna be upset, but I suppose they're not they're not thinking <laughs> about that that are they?
0: <laughs> yeah, well I, I don't think I would take put too much emphasis on Dr. Phil's advice. Sometimes he says some okay things but no. no it's not, not gonna bother me. Uh, well, I'll tell you, uh, I mean, I, had a, I have a lot of strange things that happen with uh, with doctors and, and uh, some things some nurses have told me and all types of things. I mean, one, one thing in Melbourne, living in Melbourne, of course, when I have a job, if I use more than um, two or three sick days a year, then I need to get a medical certificate. And this is just, to me, this seems ridiculous because I'm like, okay, I'm trying to convalesce. I'm at home in bed. But no, okay, I have to get up out of bed and, and go to the doctors. And I go to the doctor and I've, I've maybe I've taken the day off because uh, I have gastro or it could be anything. Um, you know, I have, a, I have a severe flu and I need some days rest. And I get into the doctor and uh, this Chinese guy and... He says, ah, Gastro, ah, no dairy, no dairy. Um, how many day you want? Uh, (laughs) And you know, if I'm, I I wouldn't normally take advantage of this, but I mean, actually, I do not think I ever took took advantage of like, took more days than I needed. But here is the guy, he's willing to give me however many days I want. I could say three, I could say five, I could say two weeks, whatever.
1: (laughs) What a cool doctor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, from from what I could tell, he go you know may, maybe he wouldn't give me two weeks because that's pushing it, but he would probably give me two or three days even if I didn't need one. Um, so that's uh, that just shows me how ridiculous it is that employers ask for these medical certificates. It's a waste of the doctor's time and it's a waste of the the patient's time and it's it's a waste it's a huge waste of everybody's time. It's just like like it's trying to punish people who don't. Um, have who've never been to a doctor who is willing to write them a medical certificate. I don't understand what the logic is behind it, or or they, you know, they're trying to weed out the um, like those small, small percentage of people who are willing to lie. They're willing to call up work sick, but they're not willing to go to their doctor and pretend that they have gastro. <laughs> so you think it's a small percentage. Why? I mean, if you're willing to call into work sick, why aren't you willing to lie to your doctor? I, I think where, it's. Where you're the customer.
1: Mm, no, it's, it's all very silly. Um, <laughs> yeah. But isn't that isn't why it's there? To weed these guys out? To, to make you think?
0: You I, know, I have no idea why it's there because I, I don't think it does anything. It just inconveniences people.
1: Yeah, it's very uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. But the thing is that, I mean, the thing about the medical system in Australia, if you go to a doctor that's bulk billed, this is a, a public, it's it's like a combination of the private and public sector, but it's more dominated by the public economics. Because the thing is, you're not paying the doctor directly. You have a, medical, a Medicare card and you go in and you give the receptionist your Medicare card and it doesn't actually matter who you are. That is... You're not the customer. The government is the customer. You're just a patient. You're not the one who's paying the money. So the doctor doesn't actually care too much about the reputation he has among his customers because he knows his customers, his or her customers are gonna come back anyway because from their perspective, the treatment is free. And he knows that he, you can come in and he can prescribe you something and get you out the door. He'll, he'll tell you some little story to get rid of you and he can see another patient and he doesn't have to worry because he's already got his money so it's not in his interest to to go out of his way to give you particularly good medical advice he just he doesn't really care
1: but giving you one day or three days you know it's going to keep certain customers coming back
0: (laughs) that's true that's true. So you know why are they actually providing medical care? Because you can just write it off and and uh, leave it at that. Yeah, tell tell them not to take any dairy, and that's that. Yeah.
1: Did yeah, but I mean, was that was that it, or was it in your case? Or we, do you require some further um, explanation or analysis for your situation?
0: In in some cases, I would I would press him for details and and say, isn't there something else? Or you know, he prescribed me some medication for a problem and and I'd say yeah well this is you know this is a standard medication I always give this to my customers and I'm like okay how much detail are you really considering in my particular case and isn't there a isn't there a way that I can address this without taking some medication some some artificial chemical which I don't know what it is you know can I adjust my diet or something and it's like well, you can, but, but this, like, right now we have to treat this problem, so just take this pill. <laughs> and, that you know, you can insane. figure out the rest later. That's your responsibility.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, at least you're asking questions. Most people would be happy with their, with their three days and just give me whatever you think.
0: Like, I really, <laughs> I really don't care. Just give me some pill. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, yeah. I know people, I guess, in general. Mm. That's, that's exactly what I'd want. Yeah. And then next, ah, so, I so, okay, so doctors in real life are kind of full of shit, like doctors on TV. <laughs> Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, I, I'm not saying that about all doctors, but I, I think in this system that they have in Australia, the system of bulk billing or public health care, it incentivizes doctors to take less care of their patients.
1: Mm. Well, I think most switched on people are to kind of taking their own hands to educate themselves, with different conditions that might affect them, or just people that they want to increase their own personal fitness or performance. You know, they become more savvy with all that mm. kind of with all the new information that's coming out now, and how easy it is to access information, whether it's reports online or just just googling conditions and find out what well, this is. What the doctor told me, and then you got access to everyone giving cases. Mm. So, you know, I think that that kind of considering it's available to you, Hmm. I mean, not to ask questions is pretty silly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but you're going to get more answers from Google than you are from your doctor. So why go? (laughs) Well, yeah, sometimes you need a prescription. It's a, you know, I think here in, yeah, here in Mexico, I see these signs and it just says like, uh, Fiagra, 12 pesos per pill or something. So you can just go go in there. Get some Viagra. You don't need a prescription. I don't know. You don't even need a penis. (laughs) Yeah, you don't need the qualifications. Just, just order it. Yeah, there's that movie, um, Dallas Buyers Club, about the guy who comes from the United States to Mexico and and uh, takes advantage of the liberty that Mexico has in its medical system. I I haven't seen it. It's it's good. It's It's, yeah. I recommend it. Strong libertarian themes. Sweet. So, <laughs> I had a I had another time. I remember I went into a, a doctor in Collingwood, and he, uh, well, let's see. I went into this guy a couple of times, and I remember I, I said, um, "Yeah, so I have this 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 problem, this symptom. Um, you know, what's the, what's the deal?" And he said, "Well, it could be all kinds of things." Um, so what do you want? <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, you're the doctor, you're supposed to tell me, you're supposed to give me a little advice on what, what I should do in this situation. Uh, <laughs> and he, he didn't. Um, he's just like, oh, well, do you want to take this test? Is that, is that what you want? And I'm like, okay, I guess so, if that has some kind of relation with the problem that I have. Did you see this doctor many times? A few times, two or three times. Was yeah. he always like that or was he just having yeah. a bad day? No, he was always like that. The the the, the following time I went in for a, a medical health check. And uh, the thing was, I was I was expecting to do like a urine test and a blood test. Um, so I'd already been drinking a lot of water in preparation to give a sample. And then I, I came in and it's like, oh no, well, Let's not do the urine test. I'm going to stick this Hoover up your urethra, and I'm like, you're going to do what? Which i heard about this test before, like as a rumor. But um, but when I'd gone into a doctor, they never actually offered it, so I figured maybe it was just a just a rumor. You know, somebody would be telling me nonsense, or they'd improve their methods, or whatever it was. But the, yeah, this guy was like, we're going to probe your penis, and I, I, I'm like, no. I mean okay okay how does this go (laughs) and he's given me this uh, like he he grabs my thumb and he's like okay so you need to stretch it out peel back the foreskin and open up the head uh like you're spreading uh I don't don't even know how to describe that (laughs) but you're opening up the head so the urethra is exposed and uh and and so I'm trying to do all of these three things at once he's told me a couple of times and and then he's like no no you're not doing it right so I keep trying and then he's just like fuck it <laughs> he just <laughs> shoves that probe right up my right up my clacket right right on my clacket right right up my you know my most personal of my most personal part yeah your third eye <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and I was like, you hijo de puta!" And uh, I didn't, I didn't actually scream, but I felt like screaming. Um, How did it feel? Yeah, well, it's not, you know, what it feels like when you relax into a warm bath. It's nothing like that. So I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, it's completely different. So, <laughs> so that's yeah, that's that's what happened with that guy. And then, but then oh. Uh, it was weird too because i remember when we got into the clinic uh there was actually an ant crawling on the sterile dish and i'm like okay whatever i feel like i'm in cuba or something receiving the finest medical care that cuba has to offer that havana has to offer and he's uh after that, I started putting on my pants and he he didn't uh, debrief me. He just left the room. So I was sitting there for 10 minutes thinking, "Ah, oh, he's going to like, he's just taking the, the 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 swab out or something and he's going to come back. So I went in there for 10 minutes and then 15 minutes and he just didn't come. <laughs> and uh, so I'm sitting there like an asshole twiddling my thumbs and I eventually I go to the door and, and I'm like, oh, so are you like, do you have anything else to say? And he's like, oh, I thought, we've, I thought we were finished. I'm like, uh, okay, you just walked out of the room and didn't explain anything to me. So this is a high level of customer service that we have. And doctors can Australian prescribe industry. their own medication, right? Is that a fact? I didn't know that.
1: No, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm assuming that doctors have access to that book, that magical yellow and lined book that they can pretty much do whatever they want and and your doctor sounds crazy. So maybe it wasn't his fault,
0: maybe he's under the influence of... He's not crazy, he just kind of doesn't give a shit. But um, on that note, I do remember, I've I've dated a few nurses over the years and I do remember one of them told me that um, when she started working at the hospital, they were like, yes, um, you know, this cabinet stays locked and, you you know, never use um, this medicine while you're on a shift. It's not what it's there for. It's only for for patients, and you know the doctor has to prescribe it or you know specify it. That's that's how it is. That's the rule. Then of course the first th- the first day that she came in on a you know on a Sunday, and was hung over, her fellow nurses were like, "Oh no, you just take this and this and this is a, a anti um, like nausea suppressant, and this will fix up your headache. You know you won't feel anything after this." And she's like, "Isn't there supposed to be?" some rule and they're like forget about it that's so cool <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I mean respect I, I've, I've been to
1: work hungover many times mm. and I, I mean where i where i worked there was no cabinet that pepped me up <laughs> I, I had to go make a couple of coffees and and hope for the best yeah and that that instant shit doesn't work
0: <laughs> all right yeah well if, you know just Take a, take a little morphine, a few uh, Zoloft. Zoloft is apparently very good for a, for a hangover. It makes you feel a lot better. <laughs>
1: but I do think the nurses seem to know how to, they, they work of the, the hospital or these kind of clinics very mm. well. Mm. Because from my security experience, there's always nurses that came in and they were the first ones to tell you, hi, I'm a nurse. Mm. And, you know, that, that's, that's cool but they, they seem to party crazy. Mm. Like, you know, they're always there at the end of the night. They're always, yeah. you know, they're, they're around and you know, yeah. you know who they are and they just seem to be more switched on to, you know, substances mm. and maybe not uh, so worried about going to work hungover
0: for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's just yeah, a- maybe that's part of it. I think it's also because it's a really stressful job. And they work these weird hours, and then they need some time to decompress, mm. and so they're just partying like a motherfucker, and they, and then they they have to do something <laughs> to fix it up, and they do, yeah. But it's, yeah, uh, that's the whole thing.
1: But I mean, even like the, the knowledge they have mm. isn't. I mean, they wouldn't have got that. What they go to school or something, right?
0: Yeah, to yeah.
1: To learn all that stuff,
0: sure. No,
1: okay. I'm just reminiscing um, sexual education back in high school mm. and, and how, how useful that was. Do you recall those stories, those times? Mm. M-
0: more or less. I mean, I know what estrogen is and, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I don't think they told us where the clitoris was. But when, like, what are you getting at? <laughs> no, no, I'm just with the, the
1: idea of going for checkups and it's oh, like... Okay. I'm, I'm trying to assume, like, how often do you do that? Like, you're supposed to. Was there a time they told you to?
0: Sorry, you to, didn't ask me about sexual education, did, yeah, did you? Uh, okay,
1: yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> the only reason <laughs> why you're going to stick a, 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 a swab, hoobie a hubajub, yeah. yeah. in there would be because it's somewhat related to those regions. Yeah. And, like, the, the yeah. only, and really, I have to say, my education on all that was pretty shit. Mm. Like, school didn't really teach you much. I, I,
0: yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah. And then uh, I don't remember them teaching you much it, about STDs, except maybe about AIDS. And AIDS is like the one which you least need to worry about. Um, like, there are a lot which are more common, like chlamydia and papilloma. The, like, the, those are the ones which, which go around. Uh, so, I don't know why they've spent so much time focusing on HIV.
1: Trust Yeah. You will die. <laughs> There's no coming back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's some, something to do with it. Wow. Well,
1: yeah, you know, I just found it interesting because, you know, the um, I know that I, I don't really go for, for medical checkups. It just seems like such a drag. Mm. Like, and, you know, and then at the end of the day, you don't want to hear news, you don't want to hear, so why go, mm. right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the, yeah, I think that's, a, that's an attitude of, It's kind of like, out of sight, out of, out of mind. Yeah. And, you know, I yeah, think exactly. A lot of people fall prey to that. Yeah, like who really wants to go to the doctor if you have a pain? I mean, normally it, it just- Goes fixes away. itself anyway, yeah. so yeah.
1: You no, know, the last time I went was about eight months ago, which could mean that I'm due, but I can't remember in school, if they told me how often you should go. Um, and that was to get my blood work done.
0: Aaron's pregnant.
1: You said you were a Jew. That, that, that can happen? I don't think so. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not doing it
0: right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need to try some different positions. Well, uh, one interesting story which uh, someone told me, this uh, this fellow I know works as a paramedic in Italy and he, he told me this story where um, someone had... Phoned in the, this problem. Someone had a problem with uh, his wife, but it wasn't really clear what the medical problem was. And so this this fellow um, arrived at the scene, um, into the house, and and um, went in went inside. You know, the guy o- opened the door, and he's like, "Oh, please come in. My wife, it's my wife. It's, it's, she's in a terrible condition." Like this, because that's that's how Italians speak. And of course, yep. Yeah. And so, so he led um, this fellow to the to the bedroom, and uh, yeah, he he was there standing from the doorway, and he just sees the bed and uh, the the just this outline on the bed, you know, somebody laying there in a terrible condition. And the guy's like, "Oh, she's you know, she's sick. She hasn't even for days. I don't know if she's gonna wake up or whatever." And the, the paramedic comes over. And uh, she, he starts saying her, her name softly, or something, trying to wake her up. And he he peels back the the mat, uh, the um the blanket, and underneath is like three or four pillows arranged in the shape of a human. And the guys is are like, "What can I do? What can I do about my wife?" <laughs> and the paramedic just says, "Ah, it's ah uh, it's okay. I think your wife is going to be." all oh, right. And <laughs> he just left. It was completely in shock. He didn't know if this guy was like wiped out of his brain. Was he going to turn violent or something like that? Like, what if you moved one of the pillows? He's going to assume that someone's decapitated his wife. It was a sting. It was a setup. Yeah. Where, where are the cameras? <laughs> no. Well, maybe, maybe. But Is yeah. it a true story? Well, it was reported to me, is true, and and uh, yeah, this this fellow I know experienced this. Uh, uh, you know, according to his word, he's in my experience, he's quite an honest guy, and he, but he says he's still waiting for the day where it comes back around, where someone from another city or or another paramedic reports the story to him, where oh, cool. it comes back and comes back around as an urban myth. Yeah. What do you do? Hmm? <laughs> in that situation where you have to diagnose a pillow, I think that's out the, outside the range of a job description of a paramedic no i, I think if if that case happened
1: i would I, I pretty wouldn't know i mean i don't think anyone would know what to do, but i mean move very slowly mm. but would, would you think it was a joke well <laughs> i mean if you walked in and that happened like just straight up and you're like uh it's this you because, I mean, I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was imagining that she jumped out the window and she left him. Like, mm. you know, this guy's nuts. Right. Like, here I am, you know, little spray of perfume, blanket. It's going to take yep. you at least three weeks to work out that I'm not really here. Yep. Like, you know, like, like when, you, when you're supposed to be in bed, mm. you, you put the pillows, you set them up, and then you end up, you know, you sneak out the kitchen or something. Right. And it's just like
0: mm. breaking out of prison. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, escape from Alcatraz, escape from Roma. Mm. A crazy husband. Mm. Yep. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) whacked out It's heavy man yeah he he was a little bit afraid for his life in that situation he wasn't sure what's going to happen watch us again
1: at the Paradise
0: Paradox watch us on YouTube, like us on Facebook watch
1: us on YouTube, like us on Facebook tweet us on Twitter and listen to us on iTunes or Pocket Casts Not' really that funny it's just interesting as in you don't really know what's going on like that like this checkup that you had it's like you know you want answers and yeah, yeah, you want to find something out yep, and you, you're left there like are we done or something else or yeah or what yeah I, well, I, I, so what happened well i don't think I don't think it's it's unique as in just to, you know just for us yeah but i mean I'm, I'm jumping back maybe ten years now, and well it, it all like I said, as as dudes, like you know, we're not that proactive in, in going to get checked. But mm. I um like about ten years ago, crazy, crazy girlfriend, and you know, you get you get the call and it's like, Aaron, what did you do? What do you give me? You know, all this craziness and yelling and screaming and and then I like uh, yeah, it's you, you better you...
0: to give than to receive. Oh, that's true. Mm. That's the intention, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's a thought that counts. Anyway, so uh, what, I, I said she was crazy she yeah.
1: because, of course, you know, I, you know I'm you a pretty normal dude, so I'm like, what What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Like, it just, I'll see you at lunch. We'll talk, whatever. Yeah. You know, And you kind of cut it off. And then you get the phone call from the work friend going, Aaron, you know, like, um, she's pretty upset. You know, it's, it's about, you know, I think you know what I'm talking about. I like, got no idea what you're talking about. Anyway, huh. she thought that I gave her some kind of, transmittable disease through of the sexual nature and that, Mm. you know, and she wanted me to go get checked Mm. like that. That was the gist of it. And of course that seemed like hard work. Mm. Like I didn't give you shit. What are you talking about? Mm. Right. Like it's this kind of idea. I I was, I was young, early Mm. twenties. Anyway. So she convinced me to go to the doctor and, um, and here it all starts. I don't, I don't want to go to my doctor Yeah. Right. Like that's that's weird. Like you know, I don't want to go to my doctor, so I went, found another doctor, and I don't know what the process is. Like a weird sliding door. Like you know, these doors, these places are always different. Mm. So the the waiting room had a funny smell. I'm like, well, who cares? I'm here now, and and of course with the bulk billings, because you know, like I'm going to fork out for this.
0: Mm. I'll let I'll let my tax money do the work. I'll let my tax money filter through 10 bureaucrats and then let the remainders be paid to this doctor (laughs) and then I'll get what I paid for. Top quality
1: service. Yeah. Well, what was top quality was the massage that I received.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay,
1: Okay. Uh, you pretty didn't see my hands. Uh, It's just uncomfortable because you don't you don't know what to do. Just like moving like as if he was weighing a very small scale or or juggling. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's like you never know what to do, and it's like okay, um, and it's like they they look at you, they lean over and look at you funny, and it's like okay, so what what are we here for today? I say, well, look, my my girlfriend thinks I gave her a sexually transmittable disease, and I just thought I'd come get checked, right? Real casual. Yeah, and he's like, okay, get him off. Mm-hmm. So i pull my pants down like you know this is like that's the first thing you need to do right like let, let me see what you're working with here yeah and uh that, that's to me never been before that seems reasonably normal yeah. and uh then he you know then he gives my balls a little massage and I'm assuming that's all in order um you know a bit of a pull
0: yeah tough quality yeah tough quality like, balls you have guys
1: yeah like uh firm yep <laughs> uh, yeah it seems like good Good elastic nature, that's all in order. And then he looks at me and he goes, Okay, you're gonna have to go here and get a blood test. And I'm like, Was that, was that really necessary? Like, uh, and then you of course, the questions like, you know, is there any, any, have you noticed any um, unusual excrement or right. um, what's, what's the other word? Um, well, anyway, discharge. Yeah, discharge, anything, anything out of the normal. I'm like, I'm not even sure what normal is to start with. Anyway, I'm like, yeah, okay, everything's cool. When to get the blood tests and all that done? And I don't know what's written on the forms, but the nurses that do the blood tests, they, I think they've got an idea of why you're there, right? Mm. Because they, they kind of look at you like, oh, someone's been, someone needs to know something, like mm. as if you know, you know, someone's being cheeky, like who, who sent you in for this test? And like, I don't know, it was like there must be a tick box, angry girlfriend. It's like the, all the men are lined up, you know, getting checked. Like that's how I felt, right? But I, I, I don't do this stuff. <laughs> like I said, I don't do checks, so I was not too sure what to expect. And the girls are kind of looking at me funny, or maybe it's all in my head. I, I don't know. Um, it turned out like there was, there was nothing there, and I was all we. I don't know. Maybe maybe my ex girlfriend or whatever um, ate too much chili or something. I, I got no idea. But it was just I don't know the whole experience of going to get checked. I mean, this is why guys don't go get checked because there's, there's no there's no like understandable process.
0: What do you think? Understandable in in the sense that um, you wouldn't get your balls fondled. Is is that what you mean? Well, you don't expect that, but then you, but then you kind of do because then you're so
1: you know casually pulling your pants down, so you kind of expect something that, to go on, but you don't really know what, what they're going to
0: do. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, I had a very similar ex- experience, in the, in this case, I went to a, a certain. I went to the Melbourne Sexual Health Clinic. Uh, this was years ago, like eight years ago now. And I and, uh, went to get a test. First time I'd ever been tested. And uh, the, the doctor who came to help me out was uh, this uh, um, woman with a spiky hairstyle. And I kind of assumed that she was a lesbian. And I guess in some sense that made me feel more relaxed because I'm like, yeah, the, I mean, she's not going to judge me. She doesn't see me as, as any... Sexual object or anything like that, some, or, or you know, there's not really much creepiness about it, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm so, okay. yeah. So, <laughs> well, that's and, Bart Simpson. <laughs> yeah. So they, and and she she's like, well, do you have any um un, unusual discharges from from the penis? I'm like, yes. Yeah. So, well, sometimes when I take a dump, um, some uh, some some semen comes out of my dick. Uh, I, I think I said a, a little more politely, but she said, how do you know it's semen." Like sitting on the edge of a seat, like I, I just revealed the next clue in the in a you know a, a blockbuster mm. uh, suspense thriller or something. And and anyway, so I, ga- I gave her a urine sample, and then she's like, "Okay, well, let's uh, let's have a look." And uh, she's in, she's investigating my penis, and, and she's she's pulling out cotton swabs and and putting them all over, just to, you know, putting them in a sample jar. And then she's, then uh, I'm I'm just lying back and relaxing because I'm like, yeah, you know, when this is, you know, this is what it is. It is what it is. And I'm just just relaxing. It. And then I notice like you're feeling a feeling squeezing sensation, and I look down, and and she's like. Grab grabbing my dick, squeezing it like she's trying to get the last drop out of an icing tube. And and, uh, I'm like, just look at her with a puzzled expression. And she's like, Yeah, I'm just trying to um, extract some discharge. She, She was there for like a good three or four minutes squeezing my dick over and over and at the time i didn't it didn't occur to me that um that something unusual might be going on because i'm like yeah this is a a doctor this is a you know a professional and she's not doing anything perverted of course she's uh, she looks like a lesbian (laughs) three or four (laughs) minutes just pulling your dick nothing nothing perverted in that yeah nothing nothing odd about it i just you know lay there and took it Um, and and it it didn't even cross my mind that it could be something sexual. I didn't get aroused because that was the furthest thing from my mind. Business. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nothing more than a business transaction. Anyway, so, so then she, she's like, oh, well, you need to come in next week so we can give you the results. I'm like, hmm, okay, well, that's. That seems reasonable, and she's like, "and I'll check, uh, I'll, I'll check your penis again." <laughs> she might not have um, explicitly said that, but that was kind of the the idea. So I'm like, "Okay, well, I'll take another half day off work, come in the next week." And uh, Dr. Shelley isn't there; it's another doctor, and th- this doctor seems acutely aware that I'm expecting to to take off my pants at any second any second, uh, to, to, to get the same uh, kind of inspection because that's naturally that what I was expecting. (laughs) And so every, every time I would say, Oh, well, do you need to, I would, I would start saying something like that. Like, do you need to inspect? And and she's like, no, 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 that's, that's fine. Like she did did everything she could to cut me off and just say, everything's fine. Dr. Shelley is, is isn't, in today and that was that (laughs) she's gone away
1: (laughs) far away yeah
0: yeah might have been reported for some reason for fondling young gay man or or something at this sexual health clinic well
1: this is what i'm saying man it's like we don't know what to expect
0: yeah yeah so if someone starts you know giving you the ball fondling at a sexual health check
1: or probing you (laughs)
0: <laughs> the, probe, the probing is actually a medical process but yeah. I, it's not one I recommend <laughs> it's apparently more reliable than the urine sample but I have to wonder if it's worth it for that, <laughs> for that momentary discomfort actually <laughs>
1: well at least you can say you've done it
0: alright yeah that's something to cross off my bucket list <laughs> yes
1: yeah you know so uh, you're, I'm assuming you're not going to do that at- any time again.
0: No, I think I'll just get to give him a sample instead. Break him off a little piece. Well thought out. Yep. Yep. So the thing is yeah, I've I've had a few friends that work in the Australian medical system and um then the reports aren't always positive. I guess I mean the tendency is to hear the most lurid stories, the most sensational, those are the ones that are going to get repeated. But um, I'm still alarmed at the the frequency and degree of these anomalies so well to get to give a, a small example um a, a friend of mine is a doctor. she moved from Bogota, Colombia to Australia, and so she needed to pass a certain test in order to become a doctor in Australia and so there's um, she, she did this test and and she went really well, like flying colors, aced, aced it, it got like 98, 99% on the test. Um, so well done. Cool. The thing was they were doing a kind of experiment uh, uh, just, to, just to see what would happen. They took 10, 20 people who were interns, like scrubs, um, who were already working on hospital floors and they put them through the same test and... One out of the 20 passed. So one out of the 20, I think, got more than
1: 50%. Oh, that seems
0: yeah so unusual. I, I hope they ran that test again. Yeah, well, I hope they studied for it next time. Well, and was it in English? Yeah, yeah, it was in English, yeah. Mm, okay. Seems yeah, it, was, it wasn't in, in Spanish to, to like reverse it or something, <laughs> give, give um, Erica an advantage. No, it wasn't like that. Uh, yeah, so I have to wonder, I mean, this a factor in this is also that I know Australia, the Australian government is going to be harsher on immigrants than it is on people who've grown up in Australia. And that's, you know, an unfortunate, it's a blow to meritocracy and, and competence everywhere. Um, so I know that that the, the standard was probably higher for Erica than it was for the, for these uh, for these students, but that's it's it's still rather disturbing. Like you have the, these people already working and they can't can't barely t- pass a test.
1: But is that is it
0: because it's a public system? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why, I don't, I don't know, like, if it's the, the standard of, of entry for them. I don't know if it's because when um, Australia really needs doctors, they just let them through, um, you know, do you, do you know what a throat is? Yep. Okay, go ahead. Don't, don't cut it. <laughs> Walk right in. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. remember not to cut the throat. Yeah, that's, that's all you need to know. Um, you're a surgeon now. Uh, um, that's insane. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's probably a factor they, that they low, lower the requirement when it's, it's, there's a higher demand. Um, and this I, I think it's, yeah, it's partly because of these restrictions on visas. Like, I'm sure there are, like, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of good doctors in India and, and China who are, like, just fast faster superior than a lot of Australian doctors or, you know, people out of Africa. I'm sure there are a lot of great doctors there, but they can't come to Australia a lot of the time because there's a limit on how many people can immigrate to Australia in a year. And it's also because, I, I think it's partly because of a kind of socialist calculation problem because if you're working in, in a hospital in Australia, and that is in a public hospital, it is a socialist institution. That means it's it's centrally planned by, by bureaucrats, employed by the government. Uh, they, they don't necessarily have the price signals that they need, uh, the supply and demand signals that they need to indicate how many doctors that they need. And therefore they're understaffed for, for doctors, um, and that, that's another problem and it leads to these other problems. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's my like superficial economic analysis, but I don't really know what the what the problems are in this case.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't even know where to, where to begin. I haven't looked at any stats or have any idea of how many doctors are needed. Mm. I mean, it always seems to be a shortage on nurses and, and beds. I mean, the, the public healthcare system just seems to be in shambles pretty much all the time. Yeah. And I mean, that, that, that's pretty why. That's pretty why, because they, they've got no way of really measuring or predicting well, yeah. you know, future, future levels of you know, requirement.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so of, of course, you get things where, where people say, you know, I have this type of cancer. How long is it going to be until I can get operated? And, oh, we'll put you on a six-month list and your life expectancy is five months or something like that. And these problems happen in the UK as well, in and in Canada. Now, yeah, I don't think I don't think the Australian system is the worst in the world, but I think it falls significantly short of its potential. I I think a private system would be far superior. And with with these price signals, I mean, people saying, "Ah, oh, but look at the United States, because uh, that has a free market healthcare system." No, no, it doesn't. You, you ignoramus. No, look at the, look at the facts. Um, because in the United States, the the medical industry is one of the most regulated. If you want to become a a doctor, if you, if you want to be a doctor and post your prices online for surgeries, you, you can't really do it. Or that is the government will threaten you if you do do it. And that means that there's no discovery mechanism for prices. And that means prices are more or less decided by this negotiation between hospitals and insurance. Um, and insurers aren't spending so much of their own money, so they don't have the time to negotiate prices. And this leads to these ridiculous prices being inflated. And everybody charges things to, to their insurance because they know that their insurer is going to pay for it. Like I remember I mentioned to my friend in Los Angeles, uh, the, this, uh, this idea. And she said, oh yeah, I remember, uh, like I had a pain in my thumb and I went in and I knew my insurance was paying for it. So I was like, you know, let's do everything. Uh, x-ray can scan. She just had a sore thumb. <laughs> well, what happened to it? It was fine. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm, no doubt it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, this, is a whole, this is a whole thing in the United States. The, whole, the United States medical care system doesn't have anything to do with, with, the, with the free market. I mean, like some, some will say, oh, well, there's never been a, a perfect free market. That, okay, well, that's fine, but it's still a spectrum. The United States is way down the line on that spectrum. If you wanted to look something more, more like a capitalist or laissez-faire, System you would look at somewhere like Hong Kong or Singapore look at their medical system and see how it stacks up Spoiler is there's some of the best in the world
1: And I wonder how that compares price because I know Mm. I know the US is crazy for medical insurance And I mean Australia's on the rise Mm. as well here in Mexico if you want if you want top premium service Mm. That covers everything it's it's pretty much like Australian prices as well Because, but I mean, I don't know how the Mexican public system works. Right. I mean, I've never had, I've never had the, the the experience.
0: Never had the pleasure.
1: And hopefully I never do. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. But but these, this kind of medical insurances is kind of, the general idea is you pay it and it might be expensive, Mm. but you pay it because you hope never to use it.
0: Yes. Yes. And
1: I completely understand that, but that doesn't justify Expensive medical care? No. Or insurances?
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, well, I used to work in the financial sector, and I would notice a lot of my customers would complain, this wasn't about health insurance, but about other types of insurance. And my customers would say, well, why is it so high? Uh, And I'm looking down at the the invoice, and um, I add up the taxes, and the taxes make up about 30% of the premium. So, you know, doing the numbers, uh, (laughs) it it isn't the it isn't the market that's driving up the prices.
1: What a perfect way to milk the public.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You need health insurance. Well, I'm going to charge you three taxes on it. I'll even tax your tax. That is what they do. The thing is, you said need. hmm. You need it. Well, to to well, to some extent. I mean, you need medical care sometime in your life. So, in a sense, yeah, you do need. Health insurance.
1: Yeah. With that being said, I, uh, I'm pretty confident that I'm not covered right now. Right. Which could be silly, considering the the reckless nature of my surroundings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. You think you're going to get trapped on a burning bus or something?
1: Um. It, well, I mean, it's it's happening. No, I I, I just think well, here in here in Mexico, the chance of something happening mm. is Perceived much higher mm. than, than anywhere else. Yet, um, I don't know. I like to live dangerously. Yeah, I, I kind of have, a, have an altered view on life and death ever since that experience. What Was the episode? Mm. Look it up. I can't remember. Okay. I'm kind. I'm kind of already living the an face extra time. Of death
0: was the name of the episode. Yeah, it's a good a, a link. In a goodie. The show notes.
1: But I mean, I think because they have the population so. Trapped with their own fear of you know you don't want to die, mm. and and the, the dying's like I was going to say the end all but it kind of is, <laughs> no but they, <laughs> but they but they they do uh, they do in, you know, inject all this fear into the into the public mm. so that you know they having that that insurance that you know nothing's going to happen if anything does mm. happen then I'm covered it's kind of I mean uh, it's kind of crazy to think that they want people to be scared. So that the, the insurance, is, it doesn't matter how expensive it is. Yeah. It can be expensive and you can always justify it. Yeah. Because you never know when you're going to need it.
0: Mm. Is, there, is there an alternative? An alternative to health insurance.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I, is there a, a group of people that just like, whatever
0: happens, I'll just pay for it. Yeah, I'm sure there are some people like that. Because I know I mean, I, I, I don't have any health insurance at the moment. My travel insurance expired like six or seven weeks ago, so I'm I'm uninsured. My my things aren't insured, but you know nothing has happened yet. <laughs> well, it's... Um, and I figure I've got I've, I've got some money. I've got some credit cards, so if something happens, I can I can uh, charge it. Yeah, I don't think it would be that expensive here in Mexico. Yeah, I think you could pretty much.
1: Just, I mean, worst case, you know, you'd be out of pocket maybe ten grand, and that's extreme, I think. Mm. But that should pretty much cover, you know, any type of brain surgery or.
0: (laughs) Mm. Okay. Well, what else could be really extreme? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what gets more extreme than brain surgery. Maybe a head transplant, or a second head. Yeah, if you want to do a Zaphod Beeblebrox cosplay. But what would, what would cost more, removal or addition? A removal of a brain, I mean, or an you... addition of a brain? <laughs> what, what kind of? I don't, I, I don't know. I'm assuming the addition would cost more because that's there's yeah. a lot more connecting wires involved. You'd have to it's require. A lot more technical. You'd have to acquire the parts. Yeah, you, you need an expert an electrician for that job.
1: Mm. Yeah. So, Very interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: Well. I, now that we're speaking about, about costs, like I said, I think, I think here in Mexico, you pretty much cover whatever you, whatever you need to get done mm. or, or you, you'd work it out some one way or another. But um, I, and another, and another trip that I was on, um, this is going back in time to a past life. Right. Um, it, was, it was when I was in Adelaide and mm. you know, I, I was enjoying Adelaide because they, uh, they hosted that year the, the Australian Swing Camp. Oh, okay. So you know, so I was in a party mode, and you dancing, swing camp
0: and uh, you mean you're you're dancing, 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 like dance, Charleston
1: and, dance swing. To, yeah. um, so you know, so you go and you're doing you know three or four hours of, of classes every day, and then at night, there's every night there's like another party for mm-hmm. the week, and you know there's a few bottles of wine going around, and everyone's you know you, you're on a buzz. So by the time you get to Friday, you've been you've been drinking and dancing all week. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know I was in a bit of a crazy mode. Long story short, I, uh, I, I was locked in a car where I panicked because I, I, I thought I'd be in there for the rest of my life.
0: And wow. I, I've never
1: panicked before, okay. but I think just but because... What, it,
0: what, what are we talking here? What's the dosage? What's the, what's the chemical?
1: Um, well, I think it was just fine wine.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: I, I mean, I was, oh. I was young. I, I mean, this is early 20s again, so, you know, I, I was pretty... You know, because of the alcohol... The legal alcohol consumption age is eighteen. My mm-hmm. my experience of drinking alcohol was still fairly young, so I wasn't able to to measure very well. So, a bottle of wine made you think you were going to die. Mm, well, maybe not a bottle, but you know, cumulative okay. effect. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: But I, I've never I've never panicked before. But I think yep. it was kind of this. This this feeling of this ball of energy inside you that just needs to escape, and then your brain shuts off, and you think you're never going to get out of that car. Like you think you're, you're trapped. So anyway, so a man, you said a man, you
0: felt you were in sleep paralysis or something. Um,
1: um well, not not in that experience.
0: Okay, okay, but then why? Okay, why would you feel like you can never leave the car? What would possibly mm. stop you? Oh, okay. Yes. Is
1: it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I I'm with you now. There's a key part of the story here. Okay. The friends that I, I was with, good friends, um, at that time, they, uh, they were trying to contain my crazy antics. All right. So they, they thought it'd be interesting to lock me in the car.
0: Okay, I guess yeah, you definitely needed to include yeah, this okay. part of
1: the story. Yeah, was, I mean, all I know is I was trapped in a car, but I mean, of course, who who gets trapped in a car? That's that's yep. unusual. Yep. No, no not when all your when your friends decide to put, you know, child safety locks on and, you know, lock the the windows and there's no there wasn't the winders were in the back doors. Right. Front doors had electric windows, so yep. the car was off. I was trapped. And the worst part was I did something dumb and you know, I I kind of like tried punching the window, and although I look back now and that's the most stupid thing to do, but in my mind I saw the window bend, like like it bent. Like it was one of these Toyota Corollas or something, of like it was new, so the windows were bendy. All right. And then I think seeing the window bend made me panic, Uh, so I I reclined the seat back because I was in the front, and then I I wound the window down and I jumped out the window. Sure. But I jumped out backwards. And my arm got folded behind me and my weight landed on it. And I dislocated my arm. <sighs> wow. Yeah. So the, the thing was, you know, everyone's like, Aaron, what are you doing? You're crazy. And uh, that's why I say former for life. I'm chilled now. Mm. But um, I was there and I didn't even realize what I did. But, you know, I went to hit the person that, was, that locked me in the car. Mm. And I realized that my arm was somewhat wobbly or bendy and it wasn't <laughs> okay. doing what i was I'm telling picturing
0: it. this scene from ace venturer detective where he gets hit with <laughs> tranquilizer darts and his arms are wobbling all over the place and he can't control them that's exactly what it looked like right
1: and, and i and i'm in this head mode where i can't I, I can't work out what's happening and i'm looking at my arm and i'm telling it to do an instruction like raise straighten throw punch and there was nothing happening so um uh, And so I'm I'm there hugging my arm going, shit, I've I've broken myself. And I was upset because, you know, I'm not supposed to be broken. I'm a little bit frustrated with the fact that I broke. I broke down. Like, I, I I was just upset, like, you know, I'm not supposed to break. I go to the gym, I'm fit, I'm young, I'm strong. Why did my arm not work? Because <laughs> um, you were
0: locked in a car and got dislocated because you were climbing out of the back window backwards.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not recommended. Yeah. But um, but what happened then? You know, the, then my friends got I don't know where they panicked. They they called the ambulance and um, you know that that's sort all of fine. The ambulance guys turned up fairly, actually, ridiculously fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they gave me this this medication to take the pain away. Actually, you know, it didn't even hurt until they asked me, "Hey, did, does your arm hurt?" And I was like, mm, let me think about that. And then I was just this excruciating pain. <laughs> but it was only after they activated that pain. And then they gave me this, this uh, painkiller medication, loaded me in the, the ambulance, and took me to the hospital. The worst part was the hospital was literally around the corner on the next block. Mm. Like I, I probably could have walked there. I wasn't that bad.
0: Yeah, well, it was just your arm. It doesn't affect your legs, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, and I was holding it and I, I was fine yeah. and... Um, Put it
0: in a, a t shirt sling or something.
1: And I guess in, uh, overall, the service is pretty good. They got there super fast because they were literally there <laughs> anyway. They were around the corner. Yeah. Um, I got to the hospital, a few jokes and laughs. They popped my elbow back together. Everything was fine until a few months later. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got this, this bill that was like eight or nine hundred bucks mm-hmm. for, this, uh, for this ambulance trip.
0: Yeah, right that
1: happened like you know you hear about it yeah about people getting helicopters at like $5,000 or something and and it's like you're not covered I was like well this isn't right I mean of course it was an ambulance right I'm covered for this Um, it turned out that the the dodgy health cover that I had was only like New South Wales which is the state that I normally live in yeah Um, and it was beyond me why would I want a a state only
0: hmm,
1: like health cover yeah it's like it was just—it was out of my mind. I thought this, this is crazy, but um, apparently that, thats what they—that's what they offer, and like to me that—that that seems ridiculous. Knowing that you know you can Australia is a big place, and you know of course people have the, the economic freedom to travel quite a bit. Yeah. Um, jumping state to state isn't isn't quite a big challenge, mm. but um, but eight hundred nine hundred bucks for a you know for a five minute ride. I don't understand where they where they justify charging so much money.
0: Well, you you got to have like the ambulance black, like you got to have an ambulance set up like a limousine, and you have a, a couple of TVs, and and they put in some girls with you, and and you know they have a minibar and stuff like that, and because that's what you paid for. That's really what you should have received. The, the fifty cent service. <laughs> yeah, you got the fifty cent service. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a probably five dollar taxi ride at most. It could have been seven. You know yep. what I mean? Like it's they're
1: expensive. Yep. But I mean that that's our public system. Well, I mean that was. I mean I guess we're still Australian. Um, <laughs> I think there's a better there's a better way of working that out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I suspect so. Yeah, another horror story that I heard. I think this would be the last one. But yeah, um, a girl I was dating works as a nurse, and she was telling me this story about how uh, a doctor was going to perform an endoscopy. Uh, so uh, he's going to stick a camera up this, this woman's colon uh, to find out what was going on, like she had colitis or something. And, uh, and so this, this woman is spread out on the table, anesthetized, um, I think with a general anesthetic, and, and I said, ah, oh, so what happened? Wrong hole and i thought what i said was funny it wasn't funny it was very serious when i when i said actually happened this doctor this is like 60 year old doctor had stuck the camera inside the woman's vagina instead of her anus now i don't know how you get to 60 years old doctor or not without knowing the difference like you have to have some awareness there so that was quite horrible Another story she told me was um, this: some this um, this guy came in and he had had some problem. He's stopped breathing, um, and uh, the, the the nurse was there, uh, trying to do everything she could, like perform CPR and and you know bang this guy's chest again to, to start again. And the doctor is standing there in the doorway, and the the nurse is like, "What are you doing?" Like. Are you gonna get some adrenaline or come over here and do CPR? Like do something. And the doctor's like, nah, like off in his own little world. A complete nuff nuff. And apparently this is the kind of uh, people that we get in the medical profession sometimes in Australia. And that patient was lost. Uh, That patient did not survive the night. And this doctor is apparently still working in Australian hospitals. So this is gives you the kind of uh, the idea of madness. Like, I don't know all of the problems here, but there's something not right. There's uh, apparently a systemic issue. Like if Dr. Phil can get his psychiatric license revoked, this guy should get his medical license revoked like that. Um, the, the other problem with the Australian medical system is the sexual harassment? It's rampant, and and um, some nurses have told me that you know the the guys will, the the doctors or the administrators will come up and you know poke girls or you know say nasty things to them over and over. And I was like, this is horrible. I, I was horrified. I couldn't believe this this would happen uh, so frequently. And I said, well, you need to report him and this and this and this. And uh, the, the the girl said, the woman said. Uh, no, well, I can't report him because if, if I report him, then that means he's just going to bully us even worse because he knows that, that, um, that it's going through the process that he's being reported. And I said, that's, that's also against the legislation. He, I mean, if he does that, he's in even more shit, but apparently this, this stuff just continues. These women and, well, and normally it's women, but I suppose it happens to men too. They're very uh, afraid of what will happen with their career. And even uh, a female surgeon in Australia, Dr. Uh, Dr. Gabrielle McMullen said, uh, she advises all of her, all of her staff, the female staff, uh, like interns and stuff, the safest thing to do in terms of your career. If you get an unwanted sexual advance, just accept it, go along with it. And it's not a, not a great thing to say but this woman is is trying to give people advice that's going to save their career and it's like there's there's no good option in that situation uh so that that's just this is frightening again i think it's a problem with the limited amount of surgeons so surgeons are in such high demand in Australian hospitals that they're seen as like these kings and they can of the, the roost and just walk around and do whatever they like and you know, uh, give girls frontage in the hallway or whatever, whatever the hell they do, ask girls for blowjob during business hours. And all, all this nonsense, it's, it's apparently rampant and it's disgusting.
1: So I'm a little taken by surprise. I would have thought yep. that the medical industry being with the, the integrity and professionalism that it portrays.
0: Yeah, portrays, yeah. Well, you know, things aren't always as they seem. This this is a deep systemic problem uh, from what I have read and from, from the information I've heard, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's quite disturbing, but. We can't finish on
1: that, that's such a down. <laughs>
0: Well, I don't know what what we could say that's good. that's cool. Okay, but, all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, let, let's let, tell let's let's say story about a shaman in Mexico.
1: Well, I was gonna I was gonna go a little bit that that way. Okay. Um, no, I was thinking more about doctors overseas that yep. are, that are going into Australia. Yeah. And I think they, you know, if there's an issue where they need more doctors, well, then of course, you know, they, they're going to acquire more doctors. I'm sure there's a lot of staff that mm-hmm. want to, a lot of. People with education and skills that want to go to Australia mm. to work or you yep. know, to make a to set up a new life for themselves. Yep. Um, but I wonder what uh, what type of classes these doctors would have, because, I mean, I'm not sure of what education doctors have. Mm. But I feel like maybe an like an Indian doctor or uh, or a doctor from a country that has more of a uh, a spirituality or acceptance okay. in the yep. community. Might have a, a slightly wider range of,
0: um, just a, a wider base to diagnose from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, and and he might be open to say, like, may, maybe um, you can look for an alternative, which in some cases might be a good thing. Like, there is this. I, I guess this brings up a whole other point, but right. I, I think there's there's perception in Western countries that. Um, alternative medicine is is just illegitimate. There's nothing to it, no matter what it is. Uh, if if it were if, if it were real medicine, then they wouldn't call it alternative. And that's such a like it's just a semantic argument, just playing around with words, is easy to dismiss things. But um, yeah, yeah, in in uh, in countries uh, not in the Western world, people are a lot more open and they're willing to try these things. And discover how how well they actually work, and yeah, that's a good that's a good thing I think.
1: Well, even though I mentioned, uh, you know I I'm, I don't regularly go for a, for a checkup, maybe as much as you you pretty should do as mm. you know as recommended. Mm. Um, you know, at least once or yeah, once every month or two months, I I, I go see What, what I would consider like a family shaman now, like you right. know, like I, I know my, my mother in law goes and sees this guy. Uh, other people in the family have, you know, go and go and see this guy, and just general aches and pains and you know discomforts. That you're like, you know, what's what's it all about? And he kind of diagnoses these uh, these physical pains as like uh, as if almost like you're, you're carrying emotional baggage. So, and he does a range of treatments like uh, magnet treatments, um, where he, he aligns the the energy body. Or he, he works, he does aura work where, mm-hmm. you know, he analyzes where there's, like, gaps in your aura. And it's, it's really quite interesting because I came from the point of view, like, you know, this, I'm assuming that you can do this work and it's so easy to be full of shit. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, what, what, what do you do? Your life, you, you lie a few magnets down on, on the bed, you, you might pull their feet, pull mm-hmm. their arms, ask them a few questions. And, it's, you know, it's, in general, that can't be, that can't have any medical nature. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's it's almost like, you just, I don't know, what is that? Magnets on a bed, have, pulling someone's limbs and asking how they feel um, or, or waving your arms around in front of them and <laughs> ringing bells and things. It's like, this isn't, well, this is like preschool, <laughs> but.
0: Well, everybody was healthy in preschool. Can't deny it. <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: that's true. Yeah. But so, I mean, of course I, I went in almost, almost skeptical yeah. when I first saw this guy, you know, several I got mean, several treatments ago or, you know, several visits ago and, you know, I, I laid down and I was like, okay, you know, I'm going through the, uh, the motions and you know, I took my shoes off and he grabbed my two ankles mm-hmm. and like I say, so I was laying down on, on a bed. He's at the end of the end of the, the bed that he has in his, his front little clinic and he, he's pulled, he's grabbed his his two hands underneath my ankles Got a good grip, and he's kind of just lifted them up so that the weight of my legs are in his are in his hands from my ankles, mm. and he's kind of given like a you know like lifting one, lifting the other alternatively. Gave him like a little pull, and uh, and then put them down. And you can see he just he went into thought for a moment, and he said, uh, you know, you've got, you know, you've you got a pain in your your left, your left hip. You know, I, I can tell because you you know you're obviously sitting crooked or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's weird I'm actually sitting crooked right now mm. let me fix that up um, he, he knew exactly what the problem was and I didn't tell him anything right um, very interesting so he laid his magnets out in this unique pattern and uh, within five minutes uh, you know I, I thought I'm going I'm to try and maximize this experience so you know I started doing a little breath work mm-hmm. so I thought well, you know, if, I'm gonna, if this is going to work I better give it a, a shot so I tried relaxing myself and I felt like my hands were like vibrating a little bit and I couldn't feel any tension of my weight on the bed as if like, I was almost like I was so relaxed that I was floating like, mm-hmm. above. Like, I, was, oh, I was obviously laying on the bed, but I felt like I was floating above the bed just from the sensation I was rece- receiving through these magnets. So um, I mean that there, there you have it. That's, that's what I'd consider alternative treatments. I yeah. mean, there's no, there's no medicine induced, but I mean, if the pain goes away, and, uh, and you feel much better, I'd have to say, as I'm walking out, my back felt brand new. All
0: right.
1: So uh, Very cool. So, uh, you know, and, and I've, I've been back to see him a handful of times, but um, it's, it's like, you know, even if you're skeptical, yeah. other people are doing other things. Right? Yeah. Just, just the awareness of, of what opportunities um, to try something else yeah, that could be enough, you know, to just to Google search what's going on.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: The, the, that's what you're talking about—the the shaman.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great mm. example. Cool, that's, that's okay. my dude. Yeah. So there's a lot of interesting alternative therapies around. Mm-hmm. Probably to varying disease, varying degrees of quackery. But I think <laughs> there is something to some of them. Um, like my, my, some of my friends, my, my friend Link and my friend Jeremy in Melbourne, uh, they do, uh, like Link does Shiatsu and Jeremy does um, acupuncture and, and some, a whole range of other techniques. And these are, I, I haven't received much treatment from them, but they do, they did some mass under me sometimes. And these, I know these are intelligent dudes. Um, the way they discuss the theory behind what they're doing is is very interesting and very precise. And I, I, I trust them, so I, I, I'm sure there is something to it. I'm I'm not sure exactly what it is always. I mean sometimes it's like a kind of physical therapy, but sometimes I think there's something beyond that. So it's very interesting stuff. Uh, cool. So my name's Kurt Robinson. My name's Aaron Battle, And we're the Paradise Paradox press Like on Facebook, press the Get Notifications button on Facebook, just hover over the Like button and press get Notifications because that's gonna make sure everything interesting that we post is gonna come up slapped right in your face across the Facebook. And then you're gonna go on to YouTube and press Subscribe on YouTube and you're going to press like on YouTube or even press dislike. If you hate us, tell us why, tell us how much you hate our guts if you really want to do that. Of course, we prefer positivity. Then go on to iTunes and Pocket Cast and press subscribe on both of them just in case you have one phone for each year, one iPhone and one Android. And then go on to donate.theparadiseparadox.com because we really love it when you guys show your appreciation and support. We love it so much that uh, brings a warm fuzzy into our heart. It makes us throw up a little with emotional surprise and amazement at how generous you are. And then you, if you can share this video, share it on Tumblr, Twitter, and also on well, Facebook as well. Why not? Because uh, every time you share one of these Paradise Paradox articles or videos, Aaron Battle is going to do a backflip outside of a Corolla window uh, and not dislocate his arm this time. And also... What else? what else? Well, I, to I already <laughs> did it once. So I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do it again. But what? But I, right. what well, I, what at I want to. That time was bad. luck. so this time you will do it correctly, right? Yeah, I, you, I do have a, a lot had of good the experience. luck
1: experience. Yeah. luck now. But for everyone that's already clicked these buttons, the likes and the ups and the whatever, <laughs> um, I wanted to share. <laughs> Thanks, Grandpa. I wanted to share. <laughs> yeah, the, the the thumb. I, I wanted to share this with someone that might need to open their mind a little bit. Like, you know, it, we've all got friends that are like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like friends that, that, uh, you know, that we, we cover a lot of topics. Yeah. So maybe you can start targeting your own. I mean, if you're already a fan, yep. maybe, you know, maybe send an episode that you thought was funny or inappropriate to your mum. <laughs> that's always fun. <laughs> I, I know, I know there's a few episodes that my mum didn't really like, but yep. I was like, you know, that's, that's what I do now. So
0: yep. I love you. Cool. Okay. Great, great idea. Share, you know, share this video with your friends as a birthday present and, and freak Something. out the squares a little bit. All right. So, my name's Kurt Robertson again. And Aaron Battle. And, oh, yeah. T- on Twitter, I'm at Trouble Bubble.
1: At Battle AZ.
0: Peace. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of The Paradise Paradox. Remember, you can go on www.theparadiseparadox.comslash. 38. That's theparadiseparadox.com slash 38. And that's going to give you all the show notes from this episode, including related links, any interesting stories that we have, and other kinds of crazy crap. Remember to donate. Remember to press share. Remember to do all that stuff. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. And thanks for shining your divine light of consciousness on another episode of The Paradise Paradox Whoa, whoa, whoa.